Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where it's always two minutes to midnight, even it's Sunday morning at the moment here in Adelaide. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. Danny, we are coming closer now to the middle of the year with the colder uh, winters coming apart to us for Australia. Hopefully, we're seeing some more releases coming in from Europe and the States, being a bit more summery. You know, they had all that winter to sit there and mope and be depressed about their terrible weather. So maybe we'll get some good albums coming out soon that we can review. Yeah, it's the best time to listen to depressing albums. Like it's winter and it's cold and you're locked inside and yeah. you're trapped and isolated. What else do you want to listen to? Apart from I can't believe albums? how in- more incredible my CD collection gets around this time of year because I've got a lot of obviously like just a collective selection of metal and a couple of like jazz CDs when I don't want to listen to metal, which is not very often. But you're right, as soon as it's raining and you're sad and stuff, you listen to that and it makes you feel so much better about your life because someone else out there has it far worse than you. Yeah, definitely right. Especially in those countries where like it rains, what, 364 days of the year and one day of the year they get sunshine mm. and then they're like, ah, the sun burns, we can't go outside. And uh, unfortunately this week I uh, picked a CD that was released last year. So we are doing a retro review, but... A CD that I really wanted Daniel to check out. It was a power metal band, and I honestly thought that uh, him hearing that, he would have been very incredibly excited. So we thought we'd review the latest Black Sun album, a band from Ecuador, which I think we're starting to get the alphabet of the world pretty much under control, Danny. Yeah, this is good. I showed you how diversity, you know, because apparently these days you have to be all inclusive, oh. diverse. Otherwise, you get sued. Uh, yeah, exactly right. I'm not sure what they identify as. They could be a truck or whatever, but that's okay. We were more interested to hear about the music as well. We're also talking about a follow up question from last week. Last week, we asked the question what metal band has actually gotten worse with age? Like, should they, they should have retired because their releases have gotten worse? But this week, we thought we would redeem ourselves. And ask the fans, all right, well, what's a band that's gotten better? You know, mm. what's band's gotten better with age, Danny? We've had a good response to it, but not as aggressive as our uh, hated response. <laughs> yeah, people like to get like hate off their chest, man. So last year, last week we had which bands have like pretty much rusted, like metal bands rusted, nice. I guess which bands have got a bit of WD-40 and they've loosened yeah, up That's their, right. Like a good bunch. band, gotten better with wine and not so much with milk. So, and yeah. also we've got, um, you know, some other stuff. So let's get into our news then. So first off the news bat, we were talking about animals as leaders with Tosin Abasi, that's the lead guitarist there. They don't actually have vocals from what I remember. They're just a three-piece that are incredibly good at playing their instruments, and uh, that's pretty much about it. <laughs> um, he talks about the metal fan base's unwillingness to sometimes budge, Danny. Oh, what you want to do in metal, right, is our depleting fan base and make it even more um, subtracted from themselves by... Uh, you know, critiquing, you know, the passionate and loyal bases that... I mean, just ask what happens when um, you get someone like Floor Janssen and critiquing a metal band and see what happens to her. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty crazy. I mean, he makes some fair points, though. It's like one of the classic scenarios, if you're too close to your old music, people don't like it. If you drift too far from your old music, people don't like it. And he's even going to the point that if he doesn't wear, like, cargo, cargo pants on stage or wear, like, blah, blah, he's not metal enough. Um, if they try to make a bit of melody in a song or make it a bit jazzy one part, he's not metal anymore. So I, I've, it's a fair point he's coming from. There are those, like, finical metal fans, which, like, if you don't fit in box A, then that's what I consider metal. I'm a little unsure, though, how big the fan base of that is. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure arseholes exist in this world, and they're the loudest, right? They, they're the most vocal, but... I mean, if you're seeing a return from your albums and more people are buying it and stuff, then, you know, I'm sure that can't be a problem. I do understand where he's coming from in his frustration, but he he must understand that the line of his work is so polarizing as well. It's a technical 
a very technical side of metal that um, incorporates a lot of ideas from jazz and stuff like that. So it's a very polarizing style of music for one. And he wants to evolve his sound as well. It takes a lot of risks and a lot of gambles. And, you know, he might actually just be too early. You know, maybe in 10 years, he'll have a cult following, you know, and... Yeah, we have his own merch line at, uh, uh, what was that place next to EB Games? You know, like they'll sell his uh, merch, Bubbleheads there. Yeah, and he'll, and he'll take off. But, um, you know, he, he made a, they made a statement with Animals as Leaders being polarizing and to, to say that he's, he's upset at the fans for it is, is, is a bit tricky because, you know, nothing about him is safe. So he has to assume that every time he releases an album, it's pretty much going to do that for him. Yeah, that's a fair point. But if you actually read his replies, this guy sounds ultra intelligent, man. Like the way he speaks and he phrases words. If I interviewed this poor bloke, I'd be like, ah, so you like metal? Yeah, I I imagine that like when we have him in the room, he'd he'd outclass us in all degrees. (laughs) But like that's why he's not here right now. So we're going to assume and take everything out of context, you know, and make sure that we come across as the uh, ultimate faces. Right, Danny? Yeah, exactly right. No one's overly smart, people. No, that's right. So me being uh, me, I'm going to talk about the... uh, uh, Hellfest right now because apparently there's protesters that tried last year to get it banned for some reasons and now they're trying again for Satanism. Now, the Hellfest lineup we can attest to is a big lineup. In fact, they basically swapped the lineups between that and Grass Pop, Danny, pretty much. Oh, true, but before Grass Pop, it was just literally Hellfest and that was the biggest metal. F- I mean, Varken was massive, but I think Hellfest is kind of taking over Varken. Well, you're days. looking at 200,000 people going to this festival every year, you know, and it's just a massive. They're talking like bands like Avenged Sevenfold, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Deftones, Alice in Chains, Marlon Manson, Nightwish, Megadeth, etc., etc., etc. In Parkway Drive. Some, hey. They're getting on the board, yeah, so go George. Australia. Now, they tried last year, these uh, guys, to get them banned, but no success. In fact, I think the worst they could do is take a little bit of money from them. But the government's like, you know, you're getting 200,000 people there celebrating music together and like, you know, ingesting millions and millions of dollars into the industry, yeah. into, into the country. And uh, for what? I mean, none of those bands that we've outlined are, are really, um, I mean, Martin Manson would like to put himself over as, you know, the anti-hero for sure. But Satanism... I don't know, man. It's a bit of a stretch, eh? Yeah, but these are the same people who say you can't use hello as a greeting because hello has hell in it. So you have to say, like, was it like blessed welcomings or some shit? They actually came up with the whole thing saying you can't say hello because hell is in it. Yeah, and that's going to upset like a bunch of like Hindus or something because it's like God's like blessings is like Christ or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure another religion would come out and say that. But at the end of the day, I think what we got here is um, there's no chance that this is going to work. But it has nothing to do with Satanism. Just because it's called Hellfest doesn't mean it's to do with Satanism. And if it's to do with Satanism, who cares? They're not like they're going around killing people, burning yeah, churches. It's just a festival of people. Yeah, you, know? you, you don't go to the door and they're like, look, are you are you here to make sure we're going to eradicate? You, you have to at least join three church burnings and uh, sacrifice 20 virgins or else you can't come to Hellfest. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Like when you buy the ticket, you sign yourself up for like this like pillaging of Norway or something, you know? Yeah. Like that's not how it works. You, you rock up with like a goat's head around your neck. Like, hey, that's not a goat head. That's a ram's head. You get out of here, sir. Yeah, it's like I've I've seen Hellfest. I've watched like documentaries and talked to my friends who have never been to one, but we know that it's <laughs> evil, right? Yeah. Hey, listen here, Metal Sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're hanging out too much Metal Sucks. What about Extreme Metal Band Rotting Christ, Danny? They were arrested in Georgia. Terrorism, apparently. Rotting Christ. You know, apparently the names these days is triggering enough, but it wasn't so much the... Uh, I think it was the band name as well, or it was one of the names of the guys. It was a bit of a confusion around it. Well, they, they weren't even too sure. Yeah, it was lucky it's enough because I think what four or so people in that band, but I think only two of the people actually had their physical name on the Terror Watch, which yeah. allowed two of the other band members to like leave, get released, and seek out legal and 
help and helping their promoters and producers, whoever they are. And yeah, within 12 hours, they were on the plane going to the next country. Yeah. And they had a, and they even played that same night. It looked, looked pretty bad, but they managed to get out and play, yeah, and it was an awesome gig. Wow, give them credit for that, man. So, uh, I know, because normally people would be like, man, you know what? What an ordeal. We're tired. We're emotionally drained, rah, 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 but they're like, nah, this is metal. Yeah. We're going to push through it. And we're not going to let some like terror watch list stop us, you know? And, you know, one day we'll make good readings for their uh, or a biography book, I'd imagine. I mean, terror watch. I mean, honestly, again, like, seriously, that's what's come down to a band which seems about lyrics is considering terror watch. Yeah. Jeez, we have like a banking royal commission here. Yeah. These people are personally screwing and bankrupting people. They're not on a terror watch yeah. list. But these guys here, right, like, because they're called Rotting Christ, maybe one of their songs is anti something, whatever. Yeah. They're a terror watch list. Nah, get out of it. Yeah, exactly right. Wellington Music has gone on to the diversity train. We were talking about diversity at the start of this episode, Dan, and let's talk about it some more. Now, the person at the event called uh, Emiah Pagoni is um, neglecting certain bands because uh, they aren't quite diverse enough to her liking, Danny. Yeah. What does that exactly mean? Well, apparently, it's actually weird because first, like, this one band got stopped because they're all male. Yeah. And they want at least one female member. But then later on in the article, they say like, oh, it's like, you know, three or four bands, but like, a, like a type of organized gigs type thing. Only, you only need at least one female covering three or four bands or something, or they want at least 30% female. So it's a bit weird for what this band to be canceled just because they played by themselves. Like, well, how they can't help it. Like, just what do you want? Then? Well, the thing is, it says here, it is, this is coming from Mrs. Pagoni or Ms. or Mr. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, because oh, we don't know what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just our policy to encourage diversity in the music industry. If you can't or won't, then we don't need to book you. So mm. that's interesting. It's like, yeah, you might have like spent years touring, sacrificing time away from your friends and family and right. But oh, I can't see anyone with a vagina there. So uh, I'm sorry, you're not allowed. But the thing is, we can't go too far into this because we did an article last year where in Britain, a female owner of a bar wasn't letting female vocalists in there because it was scaring away the patrons or something. Remember that story, uh, Danny? Yeah, sorry, yeah. So we got the um, we got the reverse role. So I mean, like, hey, it's your party and you can be a sexist if you want to, right? But it's yeah. it's is one over the other one, right? Why well, I don't think so. I think it's the same thing. It's like the venue wants to do what's right by their thing, but at the cost of what? You know, alienating yeah. more people. Well, getting negative press. Who knows? I mean, I mean, for example, I think. For for a heavy, the rock and metal world is heavily male centered at the moment. Um, do you, do you not want having people come through the door? Like I'm not too sure what what it means to put a gun to their head and get women in it. They'll just play somewhere else. Honestly, if they're like, all right, if Wellington won't have us, then we'll go to Christchurch or something. I don't know how far that is in New Zealand. I just thought of the first place I could, but they they can just go to another place and play. Maybe yeah. Ted's house. If Ted's house is open. Oh, yeah. If it's uh, 10,000 people in his backyard, why not? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I guess um, the big four won't be playing here. Nah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so we couldn't book Metallica and make that slay an ass. Dave was saying... There's no girls in there, so uh, you can't Yeah, if you can get like some Christina chick in your band, then we can sort it out. But all, um, all, all you need to do is just like get one of the guys there to identify as a female. No, 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 I'm a female. Yeah, it's not Dave, it's... Uh, <laughs> Davina. <laughs> yeah, Davina Mustang, yeah. Uh, what about um, Walmart? They're refusing to carry Striper's new album, Goddamn Evil. I can't believe that in 2018 that um, Satan is still triggering uh, the, the general public this way. I thought like yeah. it would have been other things like yeah, sexism or other made-up terms like... Um, who knows? Yeah, I'm sure there's another reason not to hate a band. But no, the the, the devil himself is still getting upset. He's but still upsetting people. 
the, the most brilliant thing about this is that Stripe is more classified as a Christian rock band. Hilarious. And this title, Goddamn Evil, is not like a, like, just like, oh, Goddamn Evil, these people. It's literally, we want God to damn evil. Yeah. That is the whole point of the title. So the whole point of the title is for people to be like, welcoming and loving each other and for like good to rise up over evil that's the whole album preference yeah. and that's what the title is on and these people Walmart are so freaking dumb that they just see the word God and down like, no you can't do that no it's, uh, it's like an anti-religion yeah. so they literally are stopping what they want to promote <laughs> is the best ever yeah this is the irony at a 100th degree but you can still buy this album I think Utopia Records is stocking it and they're proudly displaying it on their uh, website in Sydney so if you want to buy the album yeah, I mean, it's going to be expensive if you live in you know, the States and get it imported, but, you know. This well, not- I'm pretty sure there's other places in America you could probably Oh, buy. yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. I mean, we remember talking about Walmart and Target getting to get rid of CDs, so maybe they're just starting early. It's like, you know what, just brace yourself, you know. Who knows? Um, we're talking about Never Nevermore right now with Warrell Dane. The, uh, probably his last performance ever is featured on a, a song from The Collectors. Now... This is a looks like a pretty young metal band, very much progressive progressive element, and uh, it actually features uh, some vocals from the deceased um, Nevermore vocalist Warrell Dane, and also has Chris Broderick, who actually did appear on, an, on a Nevermore tour with uh, Jeff alongside Jeff Loomis for the Godless Endeavor tour, and uh, he does a solo on it and smashes it. Now, um, Danny, can you tell me a little bit about the vocal performances from both Warrell Dane and the uh, original member? Oh, I mean, Rich, remember, he just, I don't know, he's melodic singing, of course, and he yeah. just does what he does. But then Royal Dane comes in with his style of melodic singing, which has that like angst and pain to it, which yeah. kind of matches the tone of the song very well. Yeah. yeah. I think the actual writing of this song is actually fairly decent. And mm-hmm. it fits well to story a painful and very much a, a journey. I don't think the I think the original vocalist needs to work on that more and probably build it a little bit more. But I didn't I wasn't wowed by it. And maybe that's a sad thing because when you have someone at such a level um, who features quite a lot on this record um, and he just he just shadows the poor guy, you know, it's just and um, that's that's the curse of it, you know. I keep hearing people about who want Loomis to be on their records and they can't play the song live. There's a there was a interview with the guys from Sydney um, Switchblade. with Switchblade and they're obviously debunked now and they said they couldn't play the song live because Jeff Loomis attested that his, that was one of his better solos he's ever done <laughs> and it's, it is a blast of a solo. It would take like a few years to get done and never played it live for that reason. Yeah. So, and this song would be the same, like how do you replicate that song? And then the Chris Broderick solo in it as well and it's an eight-minute song as well so uh, it's a lot of things to, to, to work out but maybe the band can achieve it greatness one day and do it. Well, these kids, they must have a bit of money to afford like Warren Dane and Chris Broderick to come on like one song. I mean, that's that's a... And the production of the song does sound pretty high class as well. Yeah. So, um, who knows? Who knows that the future of metal is with the rich kids? Who would have thought, hey? Well, yeah, some they produce good music and they bring different avenues and different people to like the metal culture and scene. Hey, why not, man? Uh, we're going to finish it off now with uh, two stories. Quickly, Apple will stop selling music downloads from March the 31st, 2019. And simply put, people just aren't buying albums anymore because they can stream the whole thing for a month for 10 bucks. That's an album if you buy it. Yeah. So people were like, well, why am I going to buy an album for it? And I can have it forever. So um, will this change anything? Do you reckon it will be even harder now for bands to actually earn a, a quick buck mm. from it now, Danny? Like how... How is a band to receive reparations now if they're just giving their songs on there and people are just streaming it from now and then? Like, I don't understand how a band's going to make any money out of this. Yeah, it's going to be a lot hard now, isn't it? I mean, because they, they want to copy Spotify. Apparently, Spotify have like 71 million subscribers who literally all stream. 
and Apple currently have 40 million who stream and part download. I still don't know why they can't have both download and streaming services. I guess they feel like having the download component means that people aren't becoming subscribed members. But yeah. I just didn't think like, well, if those guys buy 12 CDs a year, that's already the same money if they are four-year suppliers. But I don't know. I just understand like bands are doing their best to keep their head above water and get the exposure they need. But so many of these people who are doing nothing are getting so much money. All they're doing is having a place for themselves to play the actual music. And they're not saving any, any bucks out of it. And I'm just like, well, what do we do now? Does, uh, does the industry change where like they stop having labels and they start having like streaming sites and, and you work for a streaming site maybe. You're, like, you're signed to the streaming site and they, they become your record label because they can stream on their website. At least that way I can see how the money could go towards certain bands because they'll be bringing the most people in. So it could be off merit-based, merit you know? But I can't see how a band could actually make money from selling music. At least I think they're going to do it from touring. I honestly think merch and touring is the only way a band can be successful these days. Yeah, especially because like nearly every country in the world is getting pretty decent internet connection apart from like Australia. Mm. So most of those countries in the world, they, they all stream quite well. They don't have to worry about like, oh, I need to buy a CD because I've got dial up here so I can't stream. It's just a waste of time. So mm. they have to buy an album. These days, everywhere in the world, it's pretty much connected. Finish off with our last story with Black Sabbath, a $75,000 cocaine budget in 1972. What kind of conversion rate, Danny, are we looking at? (laughs) If they're spending $75,000 in 72... Jeez, I think our parents built our house, their house in the 80s. I reckon that was like thirty thousand dollars. Wow! And I think that was—I reckon that was in the eighties. Was that was that seventy thousand eighties? Whatever. That's probably about three houses of cocaine in a month. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, so they got three, imagine three houses in the northeast of your a decent like city, wherever it is. Like, you know, you got a decent part of your city. And you're thinking three houses, and they're having that much of cocaine in a session to do, record but, one of their albums. But physically, how much is that? Like, is that like a bathtub full of cocaine, or is that like a car full of? Cocaine? Well, then the thing is, they were getting it transported, and they didn't know where it was from. And yeah. I think for them, it's probably <laughs> smart they didn't know. Although, you know, as far as quality assurance goes, I mean, they're still alive, so it couldn't have been like that bad of cocaine, I guess. But oh, uh, yeah. Aussie is definitely in the state, that's for sure. But the most impressive thing with Aussie and stuff, like people normally have too much cocaine, they lose that septum, wherever it is. They're like the internal part of their nose goes, and they yep. talk like they always have a blocked nose. Yep. But Aussie doesn't seem to have that, neither does Tony Yomi. So these no. guys must have had like pure shit for them not to destroy their nose or something. I don't Yeah, maybe it. that's why it's $75,000. Maybe it's only like yeah. end up being like a, a fist or something, but this stuff here is like legit maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, good for the band. I mean, I think it was like $60,000 they had to do the album or something as well. <laughs> 75000 for the cocaine. And 75000 for the cocaine, oh, you know, shit. like just shows you. I mean, then that were good enough to, to probably just leak out an album, you know, in a weekend maybe, who knows? And um, with the production values that they had back in the day, they had to do it pretty much in one sitting, you know? But but one way they used they flew it in by plane the cocaine. So they yeah. must they probably had to pay for transport costs back then that by then. Yeah, so the seventy five thousand dollars would have included like the, the pilot, you know, the the bribing of the of the authorities, That's you right, know, like yeah. exactly like in, in I think that would have been like literally the cocaine would have cost them maybe five, ten grand, who knows? But it's all that dodgy shit <laughs> that's with it. And they're like, they had a song called Snowblind in dedication to how much cocaine yeah. they were doing. They wanted to call the album that, yeah. but the um, label was like, nah, that's too obvious. You know? <laughs> how about, no, yeah. no. How about we just call a song of it and just just do the right thing and blast religion, all right? Make yeah. it like you know, anti, you know, whatever. We call, we call you Islamic Christians, but not uh, the war on drugs because yeah. that's, that's going to be bad for publicity, apparently. Yeah. And their song Sweet Leaf's based on marijuana. So they're, they're pretty big into the drugs back then. All right, so we talked drugs, so let's talk about our drug, and that's metal bands. So let's move on to our next feature presentation. 
So we're saying at the start of the show that last week we had the bands who have gotten worse with age. You know, bands who started out that were really good and they came out from the bats running and then as the albums went on, they got worse. Bands like, well, I think Metallica got thrown the lists. We also had, you know, In Flames got thrown that list as well. Soil Work from me. And there were a ton of responses from our fans yeah. as well, Danny. Literally, listen, list. Dimu came up. Cradle came up. If it's a band, it was on the list. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, two people even said, if it's a band, it's gone bad, you know? Like, I remember Steve Lehman and, um, yeah, Josh, and, Davies. and Josh Davies, yeah, who boo. was going to be obviously an early Steve Lehman. <laughs> but we were like, no, there are bands out there that we know have gotten better and should be recognized for pushing themselves forward of writing more killer material. And um, we found the response is not as positive. <laughs> we found our fans were like uh, really struggling with it, but we did get some responses though, Danny, didn't we? Yeah, true. But that could also mean that bands people like have just stayed consistent, like just solid. Yeah, or, or didn't like get worse, didn't get better. Yeah. They just like released quality album after quality album. Yeah, they just waver a bit, you know, like a bit of a yay, nay, yay, nay, yay. Oh nay, yeah, I think that's the that's the thing. It's like you can't we can't just do it off one release. Like let's say a band's gotten better, but then their latest release was crap. It's like nah, they're still gotten like the the the. The, the chart went up, and if they, even if it goes down a little bit, it's still much higher than it was at the, at the start. So nah, At least you're like Jeff Buckley only released one album. Then yeah, that's right. You you know, and <laughs> that, that problem with that whole dying thing really slowed down the rest of his uh, discography, didn't it, Danny? Kids and excuses. Kids and excuses. So let's read out, Danny, some of the uh, responses from our fans. Yeah, definitely. Right. So first we start with uh, Amy Carson, with probably one of her favorite bands, Lacuna Coil. Uh, heavier sound and Andrea's vocals have improved so much. Yeah? Definitely Andrea's vocals have improved. I can attest to that. When he first started, it was like a lot of uh, Lacuna Coil fans were like, oh, when the dude comes up, it would kind of piss him off. But when yeah. obviously Christina was on, it was much better. And pretty much a very strong reason why so many people would flock to the band to hear us soaring and wonderfully beautiful vocals. But the band had a very macabre feel to him at the time. It was a rock-inspired music, but it had a slight depressing edge to it. But I got it. Um, then they went all new metal and stuff. So people got polarized. But I think some people did honestly believe they got better. And um, for that, the production values did much, did a lot better as well. They've always been really good players. So uh, mm. good for Amy Carson who enjoying that newer stuff as well and embracing the old stuff. Um, yeah, that, that must sound quite well, Lacuna Curl, because now you have Christina Scarbia now actually like hosting The Voice in Italy. Oh. So obviously they've gone to a level where like they've recognized like Italia White she's Italia White. massively talented and extremely beautiful she's got the whole package this yeah, chick but not without a hard work obviously yeah but apparently she's really down to earth like, I remember Andrew Hogue said like she's like the one of the best for the interview she's just so like genuine and nice and sick great. beans next person Danny yeah we have uh, Josh Rigby who reckons Periphery and Unearth Periphery is an interesting one I think don't know because I, I remember we reviewed that last and we were not fans of it at all it was just a little bit of um losing a little bit of that wow factor. There was a lot of notes, a lot of things getting thrown at the listener, um, but it didn't have any of that kind of stuff that the earlier things released for me. Um, but, but but Periphery fans seems to be... A gr- like, I'm definitely on the outside. I, I thought the first album, Periphery, was was one that I enjoyed, and the next one was okay, and then I got off the bandwagon. But yeah, Periphery fans are like, nah, the band's gone better. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Unearth, no idea. Yeah, I don't really listen to much Unearth. Uh, next gentleman is Sean Tierney Smith for Job for a Cowboy. And yeah. yeah, but he actually goes on. He actually does the work for us, which I appreciate. Oh, cool. 
He's a completely reworked lineup and going from deathcore to an awesome groove Latin tech death in San Itar. Cool. I might have to check it out because I must admit, uh, yeah, the deathcore stuff when I first heard it was like, okay, that's that's kind of like the thing that was getting hot at the time. Sounds like they expanded their sound a bit, so there might be something to go into. So that's thanks for that one, Sean. That'd be cool. It's probably similar to Parkway Drive, I think. They've gone from like that. Yeah, they now they've gone more technical. They went metalcore and then they went to Sweden and saw like they're playing metal there and they're like, oh. (laughs) 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 No, I'm just kidding, boys. Like, you guys are like killing it, so just keep doing it. There you go. Steve Lehman, high on fire, started great, but keep getting greater. Interesting. Have you actually checked him out? No, but I have a feeling that Steve Lehman wants to do cover art for high on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, we're going to help you out as best as we can. I mean, once this uh, podcast goes global and, 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 you know, obviously it's going to take off. Right around the corner, yeah. We'll have the power to get you on whatever show you need. Um, But I'm glad he said that because he last week said the other way around, but I think he must be taking the piss, so. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, what a difference a week makes, eh? Yeah, exactly. I got past Malone or Pat Malone for his close friends. Uh, Dawn of Ashes. Again, I think he still wants you to call him Pass Malone. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Again, uh, mind you, up until the last two albums, they were goth industrial, but yeah. But uh, now they sound like if Dimmu and Septic Flesh were married, but Dimmu had an affair with Dagoba. Don't know that. And you're not really sure who the father is. Ooh, interesting. So it's a Jerry Springer episode all in one. I did check some of this stuff out. It's very industrial metal. Um, the imagery is very cool, very dark, very horror inspired and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is very industrial and it's got a very twist on that kind of black and death style. But um, yeah, hey, cool, good to see Pat. Pat is still going into it, the past or whatever. Yep, and there you go. And uh, Anna Martik says, Cryptopsy. And she goes, Matt kills it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm thinking because they, they changed their vocalist and then they changed back to the old guy or something. I can't remember, but definitely a band that's gotten stronger and stronger. I remember the difference from Whisper Supremacy to... Um, and then you'll beg or something like that. I think it was. Oh, I can't. No. And then it passes or something like that. Whatever. And it was such a great, uh, big change from that. And then the newer stuff now, the new fans are freaking out about. So definitely a band who deserves it. And they were like a band who came out in the scene, wanted to make the most extreme death metal man, and they just gone from strength to strength. So Canada for the win. Ah, uh, Canada. Okay. Next one we have uh, Megan Fraser Curley uh, in Twilight's Embrace. Started out medical belch. They're moved into death, and now they're learning more. Uh, sorry, leaning more towards black metal and the album Vanitas and its perfection. Cool. We'll have to check that out. Hopefully, do a review of that as well. I love when bands like go dark and evil. Like now, nah, we need to get even more evil because generally they go more commercial, and they're like, now nah, we want to explore that dark sound. Let's go even more darker with it. So uh, it sounds right down my alley. There you go. And Luke Surda, I mean, Sugar has definitely gotten better with age. Yeah, I agree. is way more mature. I agree. Now, a lot of people could argue it. Now, I think their latest, the last release was too safe. It was very much in the, I know that's what they've been building on for the last maybe 10 years or whatever, is getting that sound and trying to perfect it. But the songwriting itself was just too similar to Catch-22 and Coloss and all that kind of stuff. And, you know... Um, but when they when we first got into them, it was uh, Destroyer Race and Pre, was it? Then obviously Chaos Fear, getting into, and they started to experiment with eight strings, and then they really perfected it with Colossus. And I thought Colossus as an album was fantastic, one of their best works, and it's one of their most recent. And uh, yeah, to see it go from Destroyer Race and Pre, Chaos Fear, um, nothing was meh, but then, you know, everyone loves Catch 33, and obviously that. They've really, I think they've really gotten better, and they've pushed themselves forward, and I think the latest album. They did well in the production sense. They were all in the same room doing the recording. Sounds tight. You know, the musicianship's great. Production's great. But um, hopefully they can build on 
that and be even heavier and bigger and however they're going to do it, I imagine. Yep, there you go. Uh, next, we have Andrew Lynn, who tried humour here, which lead up to the professionals, right? <laughs> and he said a regurg- Bill Burr. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. And he said regurgitator, which I think regurgitator as a joke would have made more sense last week, which is what gets worse with age, not better yeah. with age. But anyway, that's right. But maybe he truly thinks regurgitator the band has gotten better with age, which is maybe, probably not. Um, yeah, because you bought that album down. Yeah. Everyone bought that album in the 90s. The unit. The unit album. Yeah. That was marketed so well because everyone was getting into it. Australian, it was cool. I don't remember much from it. I didn't really like him back in the day. I was getting into punk and yeah. I was like, ah, what are these guys? Uh, then Kai Elliot, I think this is more like I don't know if it's a joke or not because I said you're not allowed to say Metallica and she said like the fuck whatever so maybe well, she does like Metallica maybe she does um, yeah. it's cool Look, we're not here to judge it, it would be that a lot of people would uh, assume the first four albums is kind of the highlight of the band but you know if you dig your hard rock you know even I think even James Hetfield wasn't sure about doing the whole th- angle was in the 90s but you know it was selling they got on the bandwagon you know the Mission Impossible thing. Um, whatever, you if, know. If you like it, you like it. I'm not if you like it, you like it. Definitely for me, it is the first four albums. Although, oh, I haven't listened to Metallica for years, but I, I am on that bandwagon. It's probably my... As soon as their bass player died, uh, it changed the scene forever and they could never go back to that classical infused style and I think the songwriting got hit a little bit from it. There you go. And the last but not least is Paul Jackson with Iron Maiden. Scream Ooh. Danny, would you agree? Uh, I was definitely got more mature sound. I'll agree with that. I got really dug a couple of their like, later re- uh, releases like Brave New World and Dance of Death. I thought they were pretty cool. Um, the last two albums I haven't really listened to too much of, like Book of Souls and the one before that I listened to, the one where there's like the space type one. That was not a bad album as well. So I thought their song was a bit more progressive, a bit more um, yeah. rocky, but... Yeah, I, I have no idea. You know, uh, some people said the Book of Souls is too boring. Like you can't have a, a those like long diatribe songs with Iron Maiden. They're they're known for their powerful stuff that you get done in three to five minutes. You know, really catchy and that kind of stuff. But again, who knows? I'm I'm not the Iron Maiden fan. Um, but I want to know now from you, Danny. We do have a couple of bands here that have gotten better with age. I know one off the top of my head, but uh, I want to hear from you first. Oh. Easy for Daniel is definitely Symphony X. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. too. No, it, too it is completely. Oh. Um, this conversation is completely devoid of because they even though Symphony X have agreed that the early stuff wasn't very good. Well, it's just it's just really different. That yeah. was very like melodic, very progressive, and now they've just gone more heavy and harder oh. and. Not really symphonic, but more just heavy and harder. Really, the jumps in songwriting, Danny, from every album from V, the new yeah. Mathali Suite, I think it is, yeah. then to Twilight and Limp. Was that, was no, that it was the um, Odyssey, Odyssey, wasn't it? It was Arthur, yeah. Odyssey. And Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. Iconoclast. One of the best albums ever written. Yeah. And, 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 until, obviously... Um, Underworld. Underworld. One, yeah. And every one of those, though, is an increase in production, increase in songwriting ability. Um, the songs themselves have gotten even more catchier, memorable, and stronger. Uh, gotten heavier. Gotten everything. Like, they've just added more and more and more. And it's like... How can people even Russell Allen's singing's gotten yeah. tremendously better, and he wasn't even he wasn't a slash at the start at all. But there you go. Yeah, no, definitely right. Again, look, it's one of those bands. You talk to other people who love Symphony X when they first started, don't like Symphony X now for that reason. Yeah, and that's fair enough because they have developed their sound to be more aggressive. And if you prefer just like classic progressive rock, then yeah, you wouldn't be a fan now. That's right. Which is why I love. I think Symphony X are writing the latest album now. I think they said we might touch on. 
the old elements and people were like oh please do because that's what i loved about you but I was, uh, sparingly like if you do it in parts it's appropriate but i like the more grittier heavier sound now it's definitely better yeah no me too i uh, i'm much more of a fan of it uh, i think the songs themselves have more depth and more um style around it as well I want to talk about another band. Uh, obviously, my favorite band, Nevermore. They until obviously uh, until they broke up, they did get better. Um, it all started though when Dreaming Neon Black came out, and after that, it, it was just going to the cleaners. They were just writing killer records. Before it wasn't too bad, but you could tell the very first self-titled album was them feeling it out, right? Then they had like the the demo, and then they had Politics of Ecstasy. Songs were far longer and a little bit more. Just I don't know. Didn't feel as fleshed out as they did later on. And as soon as obviously Dreaming Neon Black, Dead Heart and a Dead World, um, a bit of an interesting one with the uh, uh, Enemies of Reality album. But then obviously you know Goddess Endeavor was phenomenal uh, up until the latest release they did, which wasn't that great. Um, the Obsidian Conspiracy, but again, you know a minor blip from what was an amazing uh, uh, onslaught of our awesome albums. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, I mean, that's only one too. I really think we. If you're more, I mean, there's probably more. I just think the. Oh, I agree with Meshuggah, like yeah. definitely. You know, a lot of people were like, wasn't too sure about that, but I, I think again, the latest album is just a, a little bit of a blip, like with Nevermore as well. Um, Dream, there's bands like Dream Theater for me that actually felt like they got really awesome. They started off pretty strong, kept it going, and unfortunately, the you could tell when they hit that wall with um, the drummer and the whole band around the time of the Octavarian album, right? And then they got this new drummer. So even even then, like the Black Clouds and Silver Linings, it, that album for me wasn't very good at all. And that was kind of like the writing on the wall for the band that something needs to change. Now, the, uh, there's Systematic Chaos as well and stuff like that. So it's a shame, but apparently the latest album they did, which we haven't reviewed, is really awesome. So maybe they're returning to form, but I would say a band that got really good and unfortunately had to cut off and maybe getting really good again. So I might put Dream Theater on that list, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Um, again, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, I think it's a bit tricky now because I can't remember too many more from the top of my head because they yeah. were the, the top three I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, people think Sky Smith has actually gotten better and I think I agree with that to a degree as well. I think they've actually... The change in, so- in the singers kind of stuffed it up for me a bit. I thought the original guy was just the tits, but unfortunately, uh, not nothing in this world could last forever. So, um, you know, case Sarah Sarah, I guess, dude. Um, who knows aside from that though I think uh, we can move it on to our uh, final presentation though I guess Danny if nothing else comes to your head nah I mean the only other band I can't think of is a board because but to be fair I've only really gone to the last three so four albums of them and they've been getting pretty better to the last one. Oh yeah I mean so before that I'm not too sure what they were like but if, if they kept improving like they've done the last couple of albums then yeah, oh Old Man's Child what the hell am I thinking of course Old Man's Child for me has gotten better yeah. so they started off as a pure black metal band which I think was pretty strong and I think again like you said the elitists are going to jump right off after that because they got a bit more death metal inspired so as soon as the album um, uh, there was Revolution 666 which started to incorporate uh, some of that symphonic elements but a little bit more of that death metal element and all of a sudden we got um, the one with the chick on it I can't remember it now it's going to bug the shit out of me then Vermin album came out and then um, as well with um, Saviors of Doom uh, yeah Saves of, the, Saves of the World sorry yeah. and that album was phenomenal as well that's a band for me and then the the shame is that because when he joined Dimu and they uh, when Gold left and finished Old Man Child to join Dimu and he did a couple of great albums with the band but lately now they're just 
I don't know what they're, what they're doing. They're kind of just doing what they're doing. We're going to review their album, but nothing's grabbed me lately from them uh, at all lately. I wanted, I wanted to go back and do all my trying to get some more of those awesome <laughs> albums coming out. The only thing you can hope is that maybe Dimmu's been releasing their like commercial songs off the album yeah. just to help bring in the market a bit, but yeah, probably not. No. <laughs> they're, they're printing money these days, and for a band like the, him, them and Cradle, who are using literally satanic imagery and making serious dime being able to play festivals with massive orchestras man it's like how does that even happen like anything in this world is possible if Dimmy Borgie can make serious bucks man you can you can be that guy or girl in front of the newspaper if you want like it's just anything's possible yes yeah, as long as you have a nice makeup anything's possible <laughs> not our mugs though so we're going to move over to our featured presentation with the CD review this week so let's go on and check it out so our retro review, uh, which wasn't planned, unfortunately, uh, Super Mario Brother Matt is getting his years wrong. We are in 2018, but the air band is called Black Sun. The album's Puppeteer, an Ecuadorian metal band, power metal band, definitely. And uh, Guayaquil is the, is the hometown. So, oh yeah, it's a nice place. We're, doing, we're really doing our whole alphabet here now. I really wanted Daniel to check this album out. So before I get into it, I'm just going to do a quick biography from their Facebook, okay? Yes. It's a hard rock slash heavy metal band uh, from what I just said before, Ecuador. Established in the 1999. So they've got a couple of years on it, man. Almost 20 years now. They've delivered three full-length albums. So we're talking about the third one right now. I've been praised for their live shows, which I haven't seen. And they're great reviews of albums, which, well, we're here to talk about one of them right now. Uh, they're one of the biggest stages in this country, though. They're playing in front of some major crowds, and I think they're getting 14,000 people on Facebook. So they've got the numbers behind them. Power, heavy thrash, speed, hard rock, metal. These are all things that you think about. And they're doing a tour with Spywind at the moment wow. in South America in well, 2018. So um, good work to the guys. Now, Danny, being a power metal band, I honestly thought you would like ears would perk up your bum would be perched and your mouth would be all moist for it. Now, did this happen when you first heard the first track, Robert the Doll? Did things, because it started pretty heavy. It was it like, oh, for a power metal album, that's good. But then they transitioned fairly quickly into a fairly more safer sound, familiar sound, I'd imagine, in that sense. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and if they start off to trying to create the ambience and stuff with that whole child laughter over the white noise to make it all creepy, oh, this is mysterious, because I guess it's about a puppeteer and all that mm. jazz, which is fine. And you're right, it started off pretty heavy, and that song kind of has like a Maiden and Priest feel to it, that song. Yeah. It's pretty much classic power metal as you get. Compared to the rest of the song, like, this is probably like, kind of really stands out as like a true power metal song. The rest you could, Probably yeah. These are, but not as classic as this. And you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought it was good. A bit of falsetto work in the vocals, always good. Um, the guy has a he, he has an interesting tone to his voice. It's, it, it feels like a, a thing I've heard before. I just can't put a name to it. But it's it's powerful in the sense of like just the pure like high range, not not much too much grunt. In yeah, it's later it's on. pure. Um, it, the register is quite high, and for that, it's obviously going to be very hard for it to get the girth and the power behind it however it's impressive it's very the register is crazy there's a double vocal line throughout the whole thing which works really well for the contrast is vocals though and the bass undertone from the other vocalist or it might be him i'm not sure yeah. um worked really well because i'm like if it was just that the whole time i'd be getting defeated i'm like nah yeah, yeah. um and one thing you get to know pretty fast is that these guys know how to write a chorus and i think that's yeah, what, what it's built yeah, yeah whatever it's built up towards always these choruses like a pop song are the best thing, the most memorable. It gets the crowd singing with it. 
uh, into wasted love or like wasted years, Danny. Like these oh. guys, these guys are no, and this is the thing. It's very much a classic power metal riff. You know, one of those cool Randy Rhodes, I think it was kind of like, dun, 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 you know, those, oh, okay. um, thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, singing is very high, even higher in this tune, very much a maiden chorus. Um, but there's a strong melody uh, presence again from the guitars, from the vocalists as well. Yeah, and it's that classic thing, like they build up to the solo, and out of the solo, they kind of swell out to do the whole, like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, back into the chorus. Like the classic, like, you know, um, tropes you do for like power metal songs. So Yeah, and they've got good. obviously in the very classical influence as well, especially going into the middle movement, those chord movements are very much inspired from that neoclassical kind of style. Um, the key changes as well, very, very cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, the ending very much memorable. And then we start to find my biggest gripe for the album start to rear its head. It's a problem that uh, the Cavalier Conspiracy album had, Danny. And you know where I'm going with this? No, I really don't, actually. Oh, the, endings. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. These guys do the classic, we're going to do the riff that was at the start of the song and stop. I'm like, the endings yeah. are so anticlimactic and for such a powerful movement through the songs, which are generally written in a way that's building up to the end chorus. And it feels so empty and frustrating when they just go, Duh, and you're like, right. that's that's not how it should end. An ending in its own, when you're doing these kind of songs, should be a, a bigger arrangement than the intro. It should be more like, so when it ends, you should be like, what? <laughs> yeah, popping. But when this ends, you're like, that's it? That's it. You know, right. like, it's like they ran out of ideas for the ending. Uh, and that's, look, this comes, it's going to come up a lot more, but I've just noticed that it reared its head in this song. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, especially with that, oh, at the end of the uh, track uh, Let Me Be with uh, Netta Dalberg a female vocalist where the guy sounds a little bit like a female but this girl here kills it she's very good yeah, this she's, Netta yeah she's very good a lot of um, grunt and power to her voice so it'd be yeah I mean if they ever want to replace the singing with her I mean, yeah, she's <laughs> we'd be awesome. cool with it yeah. you know, so if they were in Wellington and they're like I'm sorry like Black Sun can't right. play they get Netta on board and people will still go to the show yeah exactly right <laughs> so this is that whole like powerful emotive song where they have like you know the um, emotive singing and again the dual, not jewelry singing but trade off singing yeah. and like it's a bit stripped back a bit more uh, methodic and playing and the tempo is a bit that way as well so again, they've done the vocal video clip, uh, a lyric video clip to this one here because they want you like to sing along and get... Yeah, it's and definitely the most radio-friendly uh, uh, track off the um, album. Again, the ending's a bit janky, but... Um, oh, but it has a key change in it, so we're all happy about that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> These songs do a lot in it to, to change up and vary it up, and the influences are diverse up to, up to this point and pretty much the rest of the album mm. where it's like you got power metal, thrash metal, yeah, um, thrash, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, moving on to the puppeteer as well. Um, the guitar lines here are pretty killer working off each other and it's a little bit heavier in the voices, verses as well. More of that heavy metal kind of tinge rather than that classic power metal, which is good. But it's very romantic sounding, this track as well. And I think that's what the guitarists are. I think they're very much uh, in line with that, like a tragic love story, much with a vocalist, the way he portrays his voice, very big and lovely and uh, not too much to, um, to upset a fan or to add to that grittiness at all to it. Yeah, maybe. I think it's, you're right. They, they like that mode of playing. So it's a bit more like staccato in a verse, but then strip back in the chorus, trying, I guess, to build up, like, love, I guess, like pain or something. And then the chorus is a bit more stripped back to make you feel more mode yeah. around it. But so I, they yeah. do that. But yeah, the lines were great. I'd like to see yeah. if this guy could build on that and have that more of a Dio influence, though. So when he's hitting those high ones, you still have that resonation or power with it as well. Wow. So a bit more like of that gut, because it sounds like it's all a lot of it's coming from like a nice place, but it doesn't. 
you know, just yeah, it's easy as that. Just send more idea. Yeah, Come on. exactly. <laughs> Can you just send more idea, please? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna get a bunch of hate mail for that. Uh, Vane track five, another featuring a musician. Um, not a bad song. Uh, it's a little bit slower, but crushy intro, which was uh, a bit more ominous, which is as good. Reminds me a little bit like an Ice Earth song. This one for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, they get a bit more slightly heavy and eviler, you could say. In yeah. A, in a verse, I mean, evil's like a comparative term because it's not like Dimmu Evil or like Old Man Shot Evil but compared to the rest of this album it's oh in context evil. yeah which yeah. is great and that gives you a good polarity I'm not saying yeah exactly like if you, if you can only be evil if you write black metal I'm like nah it's not true as long as you balance it against something else it, it can like you said it, it sounds the happy parts will sound happy and the, ba- and the evil parts will sound more evil and it gives you a good a better range even just with slight twists of um, different chords or whatever yeah like again the uh, Every song pretty much has a solo, and the the transition out of this solo was quite good from memory. Yeah, um, the second and fourth solos were better. The first and third one, I'm not sure it's the same guy or whatever, oh, but I, but I definitely like the second and fourth ones more. Yeah, and it's, yeah, good. And this one had a bit of double kicks in there. I guess help emphasize a bit of that evilness going on. Um, good phrasing, a bit of grunt to the singing this time. So again, yeah. help with the tone of some of that song. So again, they, they try to mix up and blend in together, which is good. Yep. Going into the next track, we are one. Definitely one of those '80s pop metal kind of things like the Mountain yeah, White Snake kind of thing more sexy kind of like you know hair medley kind of thing you know which is cool it was good it was it was nice to hear that in this album uh, simple in design but again a great catchy chorus and some very high pictures from the vocalists as well uh, guitar lines are strong and uh, some tiny ass harmonics made a little bit more evil with some chromatic movements yeah classic uh, 80s power metal power battle tropes where they pause before choruses oh I love it and the mode of solo which then like blends into the chorus oh, it's good. yeah it was a good track eh? oh, yeah. it's all that classic stuff I mean, it works <laughs> keep doing it uh, mind control into the last four tracks now uh, a bit more of a pop metal number is here as well with that power metal tinge pacing's good um, yeah I didn't, this didn't wow me though, just just a bit of a thriller. Yeah, it seems like, well, very minimal in like instrumentation as well. So they kind of just try to yeah. maybe make a little, maybe it was kind of their filler track type thing. Uh, again, uh, No Mistakes would Take the Ride as well. The song is uh, pretty powerful, I guess. Uh, more gathering with conquering of demons and dragons kind of stuff with some transitions in the solos. Uh, again, some, the last couple of the tracks, they got bad endings. I didn't, really, I didn't say it, but again, it's just not doing it for me, these endings. But what do you think, Danny? Oh, again, it seems very 80s inspired. A lot of these, like, near the end, it seems like that yeah. 80s inspired, like, um, power. again, one of the bands, they're like a Stripe and they probably like Dokken and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And all kind of um, sounds like it, like, very inspired by those days. Yeah, Shattered yeah, Illusion now with uh, Maiden intro as well. Uh, a little more fun this, uh, this track, though, which is really good. Nice changes in the key changes and stuff. Very sad lines in it as well. Um, and the ending was better, too. For me, it's one of the better tracks for me because the ending was actually in itself a self-contained ending which was great you know um the note sections from the band was perfect i really thought this track was uh, more into the sense of like a, like a band like karma last week when we reviewed it was so much fun going into certain mm. tracks and this one for me felt very inspired well they're going again the nice melody in the chorus which they do quite often and they um again the nice melody with like, the simple verse nice offset so that yeah helps and the last track roland dude did nothing did nothing for me at all to end an album like this was kind of a bit of a downer i thought that would end it like really fast or something and uh, kind of come like full circle with it but uh it was just another slow one and uh, the ending was probably one of the worst of the tracks just well, very much a okay we're gonna we're just gonna take this uh, train to a halt and it really felt um, like it i got uh yeah but to be honest i was actually kind of enjoying it until this last one i thought the brakes put on i was like ah oh, this track's yeah, uh, I think they tried to do one of those again sing-along type songs with a bit of chanting in there and slower pace. Means like you post like at the end like yeah, like the big yeah. ending song. But yeah. but here's the thing. Let's let's talk about the overall thing. And Danny, I want you to talk to me about um, 
generally, what is it that you love about power metal albums generally? And do these guys do it for you? Well, power metal albums, all, again, you want to be fun. It's for starters. You want to feel uplifted, like positive. You want to feel like empowered. You want to feel like, like I guess power metal, you feel empowered. But you feel like, you know, it gets you through all the difficult times and all that stuff. It's all about putting you in a positive space and full of energy. And people might say it's cheesy and stuff, but I don't care because whatever makes you feel good, like the key changes, the powerful like singing, the chanting along, the like emotiveness to it. It's all about that with power metal. You always want about feeling good, being put in a good headspace. And that's what a great thing about power metal is, like one of those like, really uplifting, up-tempo music stylings. Mm-hmm. Look, these guys here, they, the, med- the choruses and the melodies in the chorus are great. They do it. Um, some of the songs, like the first one, very priestly, mainly is great. To put it as like really classic, and really polished a power metal, I would say no. Okay. I just I felt like between the choruses it was a bit too empty. Okay. And some of the um, uh, again, what really sells power metal is I know higher range is important, but the conviction in the higher ranges is really important. So if yeah. you want to if you want to separate yourself from like power metal to one of the great bands like people like Blind Guardian. Dio yeah. and Firewind, their singers completely blow your like skin off your face with yeah. their with their falsetto. And again, it's a shame because it's a tone thing, and it's yeah. really hard. Like guitarists and synth guys, they can change the tone of guitar and the piano. Yeah. But a singer, you really can't change your tone. Your tone mm. is your tone, and to get some of the great range and great tone, it's very tricky to come by. So you think this guy's stuck? So we might never be fans of this guy's vocal lines because he'll be in that uh, range again. Like sometimes he he wasn't so bad. Like, he put a bit of grunt in. And again, the the power was there. But again, if if for, for again, it's a style thing for me. Some people love that style of, of like power metal vocals. They love that like clean and like pure type of vocal stylings and again, that classic eighties power metal. That's what they all based on. And mm. he might yeah, again, people would love it. Like saying they're doing quite well. But for me, for me to to, to really get the power behind, it, I need that grind. Need that. Like real power and conviction. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the thing. For me, I'm not a power metal fan and I kind of got on board with it a little bit here because I did like the guitarists. They were very clever and they were mm. very... Um, the way they would add their romantic lines and that was very nice and they're very catchy. And, I, and one thing I, I really give them testament is some powerful moments with their choruses and stuff. So I think these guys can write songs really well to a degree. Um, Styling had a bit of that wank power kind of style to it oh, as well. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it got me closer to, I don't say it would win me over, because like you said, the, the vocal line is very important to me as well, and unfortunately for me, it was impressive. Yeah. Um, he's saying well, like he's saying well, but a motive there, phrasing yeah. was good. But well, it wasn't, yeah, it just yeah. wasn't my jam. Yeah, I, when it comes to power metal, I really need, like you said, the next level, like you said, fire win, and when you said blind guy, I'm like, yeah, although, you know, maybe he's a testament for his own doing, because I've heard he reproduced himself too much, maybe, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, that can also be a part of it. But again, like, yeah, when it comes to, if you want to win me over into power metal, it's possible. You know, like, I've heard stuff like with um, Russell Allen and stuff like that, Dio as well. To a degree, I don't know, say he's full power metal, but he's got that influence that has brought him over into that style. He's more of a heavy metal guy, to be honest, you know, with a lot of power in his voice. <laughs> hey, hey. But like, again, these guys, they did they did stuff well, like you're saying, Matt. The melodies are strong. The singing, again, it's phrased well, emotions are there. Um, they they do transition their songs quite well to help yeah. build up the choruses. Yeah. Solos are pretty good. Like, yeah, it's related. like it's just yeah. like a, one step forward. No, it's two steps forward, one step back. I wouldn't say it's the other way around. That, that put them into the negatives. But yeah. yeah, for every cool guitar line, there's a bad ending, and for every memorable uh, note choice, the singing's not quite there. And um, um, it sometimes needs to be a bit more heavier, but it's quite not because the dichotomy sometimes got lost in being a bit too that. 
slowy kind of okay whatever and i would love to hear some more of that energy come through so you get more of that diversity come through as well so i don't get so uh, much fatigue listening to the songs but in their favor because the melodies now are so strong and when they're writing it it mostly takes you on a pretty good journey so i really recommend this to people who are into power metal it's oh, a yeah. very good album yeah if you yeah, know yeah. it's not going to win too many people on the outside where other bands like you said with firewind and stuff like that they could bring people over to the camp um, but this band here, if you're a Power Metal fan, man, this is an essential album for you to check out at least. Because if you're into Maiden or whatever, perfect. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah all those like, 80 Power Metal bands and early 90s Power Metal bands. Yeah, you would love it. Yeah. And, and I guess in the word of Black Sun, I shut my mind. My heart goes blind. Your lies get through. The walls are built around me. Wow. That was incredibly powerful, except... It's kind of gay. <laughs> Which is kind of, it's kind of, it's very much loving it. You know, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you love your partner and you're a dude or a girl and they're also a dude or a girl, you're going to get laid that night. <laughs> but with that, we're at the end of our show, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're getting close to June, which means the Super Metal Brothers birthday coming up. Whoa. We should do something for our birthday week, Danny, I reckon. We should do something special for it. Maybe a retro review. Maybe we can bring it out to the fans or maybe we can do an album that we've really wanted to do for a long time. An album that deserves to be pulled up. Well, your birth actually lands on the Sunday, which is when we normally record this. So, Ooh, wow. so if you've got something you want us to do on our birthday, leave us a comment on our page, facebook.com forward slash bro, and uh, give us a like, all that kind of stuff. And make sure you follow us because our poor fans, you know, with Facebook the way it is, you know, they're happy to give our information out to third world countries or to other businesses, but we can't get to our own fans <laughs> for, for whatever reason, you know, you have to follow us or something. So make sure you do so you keep up to date with uh, our news stories and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and with that, Danny, another week done, getting close to the middle of the year, and um, I'm thinking next week we go to a album that was definitely released this year, and go Oops. full on here, we go back to our black and death metal roots, something from Canada as well, I don't want to tease it too much more, but how would you feel about that, going back to being heavy again? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Depends if it's good. If it's good, I can tolerate it. Yeah. Well, if it's not, you have more to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Actually, just get angry. Get angry like our fans last week. Yeah. All right, sweet. With that, I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to catch you next week. Bye.